Welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. And just like St. Paul encountered Jesus on the way to Damascus, his life was changed forever. He had a powerful encounter with the Lord who transformed him. And that transformation was truly only lived out when St. Paul said yes to the mission that God called him to. Uh, I'm your host today, Aaron Richards. Dan Demite, my co-host and brother in Christ, is here with me. Hello, Aaron. Dan and I run a uh, an awesome ministry here in Central Ohio called Damascus, and it's a it's a missionary community where we work to to live this call of encounter leading to mission. And uh, can't wait to to share with you today. We've got some incredible stuff planned. Um, Encounter, or, I'm sorry, Beyond Damascus is a show that's produced, co-produced by St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio. It's carried across the global EWTN Radio network. And um, Dan, I wonder if today you could kick us off with prayer. Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God, you are a God of unexpected miracles. We just Mm-mm. pray that you would work in unexpected ways in our listeners' um, lives today, that you would exceed our expectations that Thank we you, sometimes place upon you, that you would exceed the limitations that we place upon you, Lord, that you would be uh, to us and in us a limitless God, and yep. that you would um, just show your glory, show your power, and show your might. Yep. I just get a sense that the Lord wants to manifest his power and his glory amongst his people again, and he just needs our faithfulness, that God says, I, I am the beginning and the end. I I am all powerful and I am all knowing and I am all loving and I want to show you my glory. I want to show you my power uh, if you would have faith in me. So, Lord, I pray for an increase of faith in our listeners' lives, an increase of faith in our own lives today, that the church would um, would hunger mm-hmm. for God to manifest his glory again, that we wouldn't live in the natural realm, but that we would see the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit coming out and signs and wonders would abound in our church. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God, we say yes to you. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Dan. That was, um, what a great start to what will be a great show. I'm, I'm predicting it right now. Uh, we have an amazing guest today. His name is John Packer Stevenson, and um, we'll, we'll welcome him on, him on in a little bit. But uh, John John works with St. Paul's Outreach. St. Paul's Outreach is a campus outreach um, mission that uh, effectively, you know, I think their tagline is still Catholic Life. Catholic, Catholic Faith, faith. Alive so on Campus. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Catholic Faith Alive on Campus. And, and truly, um, so Dan, you and I were, were a part of the, um, the first St. Paul's Outreach House at Ohio State University. Oh, yeah. And that was fun. <laughs> we have so many fun stories. Yeah. So many fun memories. And uh, St. Paul's Outreach was truly where I, um, you know, my prayer life was was transformed powerfully. And, and um, I, knowing knowing John's um, story, I, I think you'll see a lot of this in, in what he'll share today. Um, but just, I mean... I I I grew up in an awesome Catholic family. I've shared my testimony before, and uh, from an early age, my 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 parents had instilled in me a habit of prayer. I remember in high school, I would wake up early and I would sit at my desk up in my room and I would pray the liturgy of the hours, and uh, it was it was such a good discipline that the Lord had built in me. Um, 
And for <laughs> I just love that you're a high schooler praying the liturgy of the hours. I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> that's I, I, awesome. When I so I, I had I had a I had a great foundation in prayer. I'm so thankful for for the the Lord's faithfulness in my life. And um, I, I went through Catholic school from you know from kindergarten through through twelfth grade. And when I met SPO St. Paul's Outreach in college, something profound happened. Um, I was introduced to a uh, a way of expectation in prayer that there's more and that uh and that and that the good that I had entered into through commitment and through discipline and through uh that conviction that God actually desired to have conversation with me that God actually desired to have an intimate relationship in my life and uh I think so many times as Catholics we we believe the uh we 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 come to believe the lie that like the the fullness of our Catholic faith is meant to be a, a one-way faith, right? It's like it's meant to be a one-way prayer where I read prayers to God and I, I say scripted things, and and then and then the other end of the line is 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 empty, um, and that's not the reality. Uh, that's not the reality mm-hmm. that that the Lord desires for you, and it's not the reality that our church teaches. So, what kind of prayer did you? experience yeah so i mean we we would we would pray the liturgy of the hours <laughs> uh but um there was there was always an expectation that when i would sit down and when i would ask the lord to speak that i would receive his word and um and i remember i remember just passionately i, I would sit with my journal and after after a time of of liturgy of the hours and worship with our community i would sit with my journal and i would just i would write for 30 40 minutes a day Um, and I would, I would write questions and then I would listen for the Lord and I would receive answers and I would write his responses. And my, I remember just this beautiful, uh, time of, of just intimate dialogue, um, with God that, that profoundly changed my expectation for Mm. prayer. That's awesome. Yeah. If you, if you've, uh, studied Catholic theology, you know, that in Catholic theology, uh, we as Catholics usually don't do either, or we Mm -hmm. often have a both and mindset that it's not either this or that, but it's both this and that. And um, one of the beautiful things about St. Paul's Outreach, and uh, but not just SPO, just our, our prayer life in general as Catholics, is that it can both be liturgical mm-hmm. and personal, right? That it can be, there's something beautiful about the communal prayer of Liturgy of the Hours or the communal prayer of the Liturgy of the Mass. And, the, and there's something uh, profoundly... Uh, just communal about that, that the, the mass is being celebrated all over the world or the liturgy of the hours are being celebrated all over the world. Uh, and at the same time, Christ wants you to have a relationship with him where your prayer is a one-on-one conversation, where it's yeah. deeply personal. And it's not like I have to only do liturgical prayer, that Christ wants to introduce us into a profound intimacy and prayer that is deeply personal. Yeah. And that uh, and that's what I experienced at SPO, was we would start with the Liturgy of the Hours, and then we would go into a time of worship, um, and, uh, and, and often then into personal prayer, where it was about a, an expression of, there's traditional prayer involved here. Where yep. we're entering into the prayer of the monks, right? The the prayer of the religious with with the liturgy of the hours. But then right after liturgy of the hours, we're entering and we would chant. We would do like more of a Gregorian <laughs> chant for the liturgy of the hours, which is more of a traditional expression of spirituality. But then you'd go right into like charismatic worship, and uh, and it's not. You know, we don't have to have this either or mentality of like, mm-hmm. well, I'm a traditional, like I only do traditional prayer, I only do charismatic prayer. That's actually beautiful when you can experience both and. Like yeah. the 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 Catholic Church is this rich 
treasury uh, of gifts are that you the Holy sure Spirit. that's catholic dan oh it is so good <laughs> saint john paul ii says that the 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 charismatic and the hierarchical dimensions of the church are co-essential exactly they're co-essential like you need both and right yeah. <laughs> it's interesting and uh and i think that's the beauty that um that when we can have a spiritual life that has both and 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 the you're going to hear from john um and his testimony of he was almost introduced for the first time in his life in college to these charismatic forms of prayer or mm-hmm. or not even care like just the life of the holy spirit yeah. and i think that was our experience as well right that like we were introduced for the first time in college to these uh, expressions of prayer that it's like what why did I have to wait till I was 19 or 20 to get experience, <laughs> like to be introduced to this? This is authentically Catholic. Yeah. And so why is it that I, I spent so much time? I was in Catholic schools. I went to mass week after week. I was involved in youth ministry. Why wasn't I introduced to it sooner? And yeah. I think there's a, um, there's a, a need in, in the body right now mm. to reclaim the fullness of our expression of prayer, that we would reclaim and, and make more accessible to everyone in the church uh, the Liturgy of the Hours. Because I didn't hear about the Liturgy of the Hours until I was 18. I was like, I didn't know that this existed. I no should one have taught told me. You. I know. <laughs> I was friends with Aaron. He, he hid it from me. And uh, and I I mean, I remember actually as, as an 18-year-old getting introduced to the Mysteries of the Rosary. And I was like, wait, there's mysteries? behind the room. I thought I was just supposed to say the prayers. Like, wow. And there's there's these elements of both our tradition and the charismatic dimensions of prayer yeah. that we need to introduce people to the fullness of the faith. It's not a one-dimensional faith. And, oh, man. Uh, and so that's what you're going to hear from John today. I think a beautiful experience of uh, discovering for the first time the gifts of the Holy Spirit yeah. and, and how that it, it didn't make him less Catholic. It actually made him more Catholic. It propelled <laughs> him. He was a faithful Catholic, but the gifts of the Holy Spirit propelled him into mission. Yeah. And I believe that's what the, the gifts often do is they take us from devotion to Jesus and faithfulness to Jesus because liturgy is the work of the people. Mm-hmm. It's ordered. It's ritualistic. It's structured. It takes us from faithfulness into mission. That's so good. I hope so you're good. hungry, oh, listeners. I'm hungry. <laughs> and uh, and we'll be right back with, with John Packer Stevenson after the break. EWTN, teaching the truth. I'm a cab driver, and uh, I drive only at night. Many of my customers are single mothers, people with negative attitudes and, you know, rude and some of them are just plain nasty people. Uh, and I just want to praise God for this radio station. And I want to use it as a tool to introduce Jesus Christ to those who may not know him or refuse to accept him. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. It's tough to raise children in today's culture, especially if you're trying to teach them traditional morals. In his new book, Raising Upright Kids in an Upside-Down World, acclaimed Catholic psychologist Dr. Ray Garendi combines decades of clinical practice with his experience as a father to address some of the hardest questions in modern parenting. Raising Upright Kids in an Upside-Down World, the latest release from EWTN Publishing, now available at EWTNRC.com. And welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. And as promised, we're going to welcome to the show right now 
our treasured guest, Mr. John Packer Stevenson. Let's hey! give him a round of applause. Hey, what's up, John? Good to hey. see you here, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, it's going to be exciting. All right, man. So uh, this is the story where we talk about how encounter leads to mission, and, and you are living out a missionary lifestyle. Tell us about what you do, brother. Yeah, so I am currently living in Columbus, Ohio, as a mission supervisor with St. Paul's Outreach, yeah. campus ministry organization that's all over the country here. Uh, that's awesome. So Dan and I both, um, we were part of the of the St. Paul's Outreach household here at Ohio State University in Columbus, and I can speak for myself in, in saying that it truly transformed my my faith experience through college. Um, living with men who were pushing me in holiness, it was uh, it was an amazing. An amazing experience through our through our college time. Yeah, here you guys had a pretty rowdy house. Oh yeah, lived together. It was amazing. <laughs> we did all kinds of crazy. So you know, you have these like college households, and so imagine uh, how many guys do we have in the house? We it's had like, eleven at first. Uh, yeah, eleven guys living together on college campus, but like living for the glory of God. So doing morning prayer at like six thirty in the morning or something crazy like that. But then doing all the kind of crazy. Yeah. stuff that you do most, as well. Most of the stuff was for the glory of God. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't like, it's it's all good fun with the, where alcohol is not necessary, right? And so yes. we, we uh, no, one, no one died, which was a pretty impressive feat. Well, I heard one story that it was, uh, you guys want to challenge yourselves to see how far you could go into winter without turning on the heat. Oh, yeah. And that was, was a good one. A moment where Andrew walked into Aaron, your room, and you had like gloves on with like, the fingers <laughs> cut away, typing your homework <laughs> in your room with your winter coat on. He was like, okay, this has gone far enough. Oh, yeah. When you can see your that breath yeah. every single morning while you eat breakfast, you know it's cold in your house. <laughs> oh, man. Good. Um, John, tell us, tell, us about, uh, tell us about what mission is like these days at Ohio State. Yeah. So, mission is, we're rolling. We have. Uh, so with St. Paul's Outreach, we have uh, six households and about 50 students living in those. We just finished our crush week, we call it, Catholic rush week. Nice. So we're on campus. <laughs> we're meeting people. We're passing out coffee. The new thing this year was we had a watermelon with rubber bands. So we had people like walk by like, hey, put a rubber band in the watermelon. And you started talking to them and That's talking awesome. about the Catholic stuff going how many, on. How many rubber bands did it take before it exploded? Gosh, I don't know. But the, the uh, we actually did get a slow-mo picture of the moment it I exploded. I saw it online. <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> impressive. <laughs> The I didn't even know you could that. do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, if, listeners, if nothing else, check out St. Paul's Outreach online so that you can see a <laughs> watermelon explode. Yeah, like them on Facebook. Watermelons are exploding. <laughs> like the faith is exploding. Oh, you like that? You like um, how I made that tie back? Okay, no, no. anyway. <laughs> so, can you give kind of a quick synopsis of what St. Paul's Outreach is? Yeah. Yep. So, St. Paul's Outreach, we are a campus ministry organization. We uh, really specialize, you could say, in, in, uh, in household and building community on campus. So like you guys are talking about the household that you lived in. Yep. You li- men and women live in a household separate, and uh, you got a leader. You wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning. You do morning prayer. You do dinners together three days a week. Different guys and gals cook. And then the house exists to evangelize people. Mm-hmm. So people that would never go to a Catholic center per se, we want to invite them into the house, have real relationships, um, maybe go downstairs, shoot some pool, and have dinner with us. And then we want them to experience um, a group of men and women living excellently for the Lord. And then when people experience that, we've found that something kind of shifts inside. We do, we do retreats, we do small groups, we do all kinds of things, but it really is, is 
household that forms the leaders that go on and impact the campus. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. No, I loved it. Just in college, when we would go out and play like uh, ultimate frisbee, and then just in, like invite while you're playing frisbee, just like invite random people to start playing with you. Like, oh, hey, yeah. you want to join? And all these people would start joining the game, and then you'd be like, hey, we're gonna go back and have some burgers at the house. You want to join us? And then they they come to the house and like they play frisbee with a group of guys who are laughing, encouraging, uh, building each other, and not cussing at all. And then they get back to the house and they're like, wait a second, this is like real like these are relationships i've never seen before i've never seen men interact this way with one another and it's fun to watch this like perplexed like confusion on their like face like this is this is real life like people live like this and and that hunger of like i'd say almost pre-evangelization right like you haven't even mentioned the name of jesus but you see Mm. this hunger welling up in people of like wow this is what life could look like which is awesome yeah absolutely there's a I have a strong conviction that every man on campus wants to know what it means to be a man. And so when they see like Christian men living that out, like excellently, someone inside them clicks. Yeah. And that's, you said the pre-evangelization, the curiosity spiked. They start asking you questions and, and then we're rolling. Yeah, exactly. And I love it because you don't even have to do it. You just wait for the questions. You're just like, all right, we're going to have fun and goof off and be guys. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they just start like hammering you with questions. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. wait, you guys, what do you mean? Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. That's great. So, uh, you know, this is this show is Beyond Damascus, where we, we talk about encounter that leads to mission, and every mission that the Lord has in has in mind, he he has he has a missionary in mind to answer the call. And um, John, I know that you've made tremendous impact at Ohio State. Uh, even our missionaries up at Damascus, you know, a lot of them know you and speak highly of you. It's a it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. I wonder if maybe we could start by uh, by you sharing what the Lord's done in your life, kind of that encounter moment where. Um, where where you heard him calling you to mission and how that's been lived out through your work with St. Paul's Outreach. Yeah. Good. So I'll I'll back up a little bit from that first encounter to give some context. Yeah, very good. So uh, I went to a uh, all-guys high school run by some Cistercian monks. Oh, yeah, we did too. Yeah? We didn't have the monks. We didn't have the monks. <laughs> <laughs> they were Hungarian too. That's important. Oh, nice. In Dallas, Dallas, Texas. Okay. And uh, it's really during that time, I guess I was in an environment of faith. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a priority in my life at all. Yep. And uh, funny, kind of beginning of my story, I guess, was my sophomore year. I was just in a really low spot. And uh, my mom, who's always been pretty, very devout, prays for her family every morning, she kind of came to me at one of my low points and said, John, Mary, as in like the mother of God, told me that if you stay close to her in the rosary, it's going to be okay. Hmm. At the time, like, you know, 14-year-old kid, I'm like, there's hope. Because I was in a really dark spot. I was like, I'll take that. Whatever. Yeah. Give me that rosary. I'll pray. Because we prayed growing up, so I knew how to do it. So I'd ride the bus to school, and I just started praying the rosary. Yeah. Um, my life didn't change overnight. Um, in fact, in some ways, it got more hectic. Um, the darkness kind of lifted, but the path I was on was not helpful. Uh, even when I was kind of doing my own thing senior year, I'd still pray the rosary going to school. And confession was still a part of my life, too. I don't understand how those connections were there. Because if you look at the rest of my life, it made zero sense. Mm-hmm. What I was doing, uh, who I was hanging out with, what my weekends looked like, made no sense. But I knew I wanted to change because there's something inside of me that just wasn't settled right. And uh, going to college, I chose not to pursue the fraternity direction, which I think where I was at the time, it probably would have destroyed me. Mm. Uh, just yeah, the energy I had, the trajectory I had. So I chose to do this military program at Texas A&M called the Corps of Cadets. Mm. 
don't need to explain it, but basically it was a decision that the Lord kind of led me to, to turn away from like doing whatever I wanted to maybe start to get some more discipline in my life and put myself in an uncomfortable situation. And he blessed that. So it was really like a natural decision, but it was, it was really, really helpful. So here I am first day of school. I get back from my 8am physics class. It's 915. I'm in my dorm room and my next class is in two hours. And I distinctly remember thinking like, what the heck am I going to do mm. for the next two hours? Cause I never, it's college, you know, I have all these new experiences. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know, go get coffee, go to the library, sleep. I was like, well, I might as well pull out the Bible that my mom packed for me. And I got a rosary here. I know how to do that. So I might as well pray that. And I remember I did that. I prayed that morning and it was just like God sent like every single grace from heaven to be like, this is where you need to be every day. <laughs> That's awesome. It was in like the whole week, same thing. Like, this is where you need to be every day. He didn't say that, but that's like what I experienced. Just the uh-huh. amount of peace and consolation. And and so I started praying every day for like an hour. I started wow. journaling and that was kind of the start of it all. Um, and yeah, I guess, I mean, I got a bigger encounter moment. Is that for later in the interview? Or we, we, <laughs> No, it's amazing. So, yeah. the what were the what was the fruit? Of the initial fruit? Like, were you embarrassed by this time of prayer? Were you like, like, was it like, okay, I'm going to pray, but my friends aren't going to know that I'm praying at all? And I just like, what was that like? Gosh, I was in my dorm room, and my uh, my roommate was always gone, and he was like, I, I went to school in Texas, so it's kind of the Bible Belt, mm-hmm. so everyone's kind of like open to that especially yeah. texas a&m it's a pretty conservative school so i don't i didn't feel any fear any ridicule but uh i wasn't super open about the faith i guess at that point mm-hmm. the biggest observable thing i was doing was i was trying not to curse mm-hmm. <laughs> you know as every good recent convert uh-huh. <laughs> that's awesome that's a sweet place to start yeah right gotta go somewhere yeah so uh so w- what happened next that's sweet so yeah that year um, the prayer life's happening every day. I was getting plugged in with other Christians mm-hmm. at the Catholic Center there, St. Mary's. It's a great, great Catholic Center. Uh, but then about once a month, I go hang out with some old buddies. And it was the same old, same old. And from my high school days, I should say. And going back to Mass on Sunday, I'd just be like, just questioning, like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Like, where did this come from? This is not what I want to be. And, I, you know, get cleaned up, go to confession connect with the Lord for a week, and then a couple weeks later, same thing. And then that summer, I go home because school ended, and all my buddies were there from high school. Well, we had a grand old time. Um, kind of, again, a lot of high school habits coming back. It really wasn't helpful. And uh, kind of beginning of summer, my buddy at Texas A&M told me about this conference. Yeah. And it was called the School of the New Evangelization. And he said, it's like two weeks long. There's a bunch of teachings on encyclicals and Pope's writings. And <laughs> there's really powerful worship that you've probably never seen before. Wait, and- stop and take notes. This is the way you evangelize people. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it was just like the worst sell ever. <laughs> but as soon as he said that, I was like, I'm in. He's like, what? He's like, I'm in. Like, okay, well, like, I'll sit down with you and, and show you my notes. We can talk about it. I was like, dude, just tell me where to sign up. I'm in for this. <laughs> so I guess that shows there was some hunger in my life. I realized this disconnect. And I was like, I didn't know what to do about it because I was praying every day and like I was involved in the Catholic Center and thought I was doing all the right things, but there was something that just wasn't right. Yeah. So actually, I don't know if this is, maybe this will get cut later and it might be scandalous. <laughs> but the, the, <laughs> most things about conversions are. Yeah. The night before, so I was on family vacation. I come, I drive home by myself to go to the S&E. Uh-huh. So I'm at my parents' house for two days by myself. 
my friend convinced me to have like 150 people in my parents' house right before I go on this conference. And they just like, they like broke my parents' glass coffee table, which is still broken to this day, which they still bring up. That just shows like (laughs) where I was at that point was just like not, like I was trying to live the Christian life. I was praying most every days, every day. And I still had to like trash my parents' house at a party. And so, yeah. You know, it's really interesting. So like we stress in the show so much that like encounter and mission are go hand in hand. And what happens a lot of times if you like, if you have this life with Christ, but you don't have the missionary activity alongside of it, yeah. uh, you, you, you aren't able to live the life of virtue you want to. Right. And so that's actually super common that you, you end up, you pray, you pray, you pray, you think you're trying to get on the right path, but the reason you're not convicted or compelled to live on the right path uh, and to be a witness is because you're not being a witness like and so like if you were an evangelizer at that moment you and your friends wanted to have a party you would you would have been convicted to evangelize as opposed to go with the crowd and uh that's why mission is so critical you can't have encounter without mission you Mm -hmm. can't have mission without encounter right man that's that's wild okay so you you you're having your your drunken glass breaking (laughs) party and then you go off to SNE the next day yeah like the next day (laughs) Yeah. Talk about some disconnect in my life. <laughs> so it was, I was at SNE, totally new environment. Um, I think there were like about 80 people there. Everyone knew each other. I didn't know anybody mm-hmm. except the buddy that I went with. And, but it was there. <laughs> Who was in the corner reading encyclicals. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come, he was, check, come check this out. This he is was really no good help stuff. socially. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, introduced me to nobody. Um, so. I just remember, I, was, I read this definition of faith, and mm-hmm. faith is like something like the expectation that the Holy Spirit can work in power. I was like, that made a ton of sense to me at the time. God just like put yeah. that front and center, and uh, I just remember desiring that God would do something crazy in my life. So I was like, look, this thing obviously ain't working, I'm trying, what's the next step? And people at this, um, this conference were talking about something called baptism in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And they described it as this experience that God comes into your life and stirs up the baptismal graces you were given to live a victorious Christian life. Nice. I want to live a victorious Christian life. That's That's everyone's desire, right? Yes, please. (laughs) And I remember hearing that and just like desiring that. I wanted a powerful experience. Mm -hmm. And for for what, like for better or for worse, I wanted to like God to break into my life and do something crazy. So I got prayed over once. And it was like eight dudes. All I remember about that is it was really intense. I didn't know what was happening. And they were like, start praying in tongues. I was like, okay, I don't know how. <laughs> That's even just, more awkward yeah, and intense. Like, I didn't even know what that was two days ago. And uh, yeah, it was really, it was a lot. So I remember after that, um, I kind of woke up the next morning being like, what was yesterday? Like, I thought God was going to do something. I don't know if he did. It was kind of three days of wrestling with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I think what he was doing, he was asking me like, okay, like, do you want to go in on this? Like, do you want what I have for you? And it was kind of three days of like desolation, dryness. And I just remember being like, yes, I want this. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm coming, showing up every day. I want more. And uh, I was talking to a buddy outside of chapel, like second to last night. It was like 9 p.m. Sharing about some of this, what was going on, what was hard, what was not. And this priest uh, walks by. And he was like, what are you guys talking about? He told him, he's like, all right, let's go pray now. So you go into the chapel <laughs> and start praying. And I uh, got pray with there for baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I just experienced um, like the light, like some kind of light entering me and then radiating out. Mm. 
And that was the experience wow. I had for And then, like, just, I started. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was the experience yeah. I had for Yeah, just <laughs> right? light entered me and then beat, bur- like, burned outside of me. It sounds so <laughs> underwhelming, speaking it right now. But no, the Lord, it's amazing. Yeah, the Lord did something crazy there. Yeah. Uh, and I started, my, I started praying in tongues. And uh, I was just, I was free. And mm. then, and I didn't really understand how. But then afterwards, there's a group of about 50 of us dudes praying in front of the tabernacle uh, about an hour after this experience. And uh, this guy named Stevie Duraney, he actually lives in Columbus here. Yeah. But he had this word, this prophetic word about, he had a sense that the father would want to say to us now, like, you are my sons in whom I'm well pleased. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of connected the whole experience for me was God is my father. He completely has my back. And I don't have to be afraid about going all in. And my life completely changed after that. Hmm. Like on an emotional level, you know, you're riding such a high from experience like that. Like I just had a different uh, joy about me, different peace, uh, t- spoke to people in different ways. And But then, like you guys talked about, mission mm-hmm. completely changed. Like the way I looked at situations, how I wanted to impact people, mission became like a central theme to my life. Yeah. That's amazing. Praise the Lord. Let's just give the Lord some glory there. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus, Thank for working you, in John's life. I just love the idea of living that that definition or that they share with you on baptism of the Holy Spirit, that it's about stirring up the, the gift of the Holy Spirit that we've received in the sacraments so that we can live this victorious Christian life. And I, I feel like so often we... We read the, the the Gospels and we see this idea that we're supposed to live this life of victory mm-hmm. as Christians, but we've bought into this lie that it's not obtainable or possible mm-hmm. until I die and go to heaven, right? That yep. that there's somehow this this um, <clears throat> this insufficiency that I have right now, and uh, and that just isn't the case, right? That the yep. Lord wants to give us victory here and now, victory over our sin, our, our brokenness, our our old past habits, and and those those things that we've been trying to overcome for years upon years, yeah. And then that the way you describe like the light coming in, like Jesus says, like you are the light of the world, right? Yeah. And yep. and he says, I am the light, and because I am the light, you are the light. And when we receive this stirring up of the Holy Spirit, what uh what happens is the light of the world is stirred up into us mm-hmm. so that we can actually effectively radiate the gifts and the charisms of the Holy Spirit to the world. That's amazing. Amen. Yeah, I I love uh, about your story, John, how um your initial experience of faith was was all foundation building, and it was it was it was the Lord speaking through um, through Our Lady, through your mom, mm-hmm. through establishing that time of of committed prayer, you know, in your dorm room, of of saying that this is a this hour is valuable, and I, I think for many of our listeners, like that's the experience that maybe we're coming into that that you know my my faith experience maybe more represents. John's early days than John's later days. And um, I think the promise that the Lord has for us today is that there's more and, uh, and, and what, what, never be ashamed of what we're doing. Never be ashamed of the work that, that God's done mm-hmm. um, because what may seem normal, what may seem, you know, typical routine is so often like that foundation building that, that you needed yeah. to be ready when when the Lord said, are you ready to receive faithfully the gifts I have to pour out into your life? Amen to that. Yeah, yeah it's like the, the prayer day after day, it was that faithfulness, right? Like I'm showing up and you were faithful uh, in the small things and now the Lord's giving you greater things. The, the yeah. definition you gave for faith, expectation that the Holy Spirit can work in power. Uh, I think the... Um, <clears throat> Uh, listeners, I just want like, do we have that kind of faith, right? Do we yeah. have like expectation 
that the Holy Spirit can work in power in my life today. Like today, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit wants to cause a shift, and I don't need to go to a retreat with 50 guys and be prayed over in a chapel by some like priest that randomly walks down the hall and tells me, yeah. come on inside, I'm going to pray over you. You know, yeah. like that. It's, faith is not waiting for that retreat moment when the priest pulls me into the chapel. Faith is expectation that the Holy Spirit can work in power in my life at any unexpected time and uh, that I have an expectation on God's glory, his goodness, his His providence, not on uh, these worldly constraints, right? And yeah. uh, I think that's so cool. Like I've seen so many people, I've heard so many testimonies of people receiving baptism in the Holy Spirit, the stirring up, this light coming into them and penetrating out of them, if you will, through these incredible retreat experiences. But I also love the testimonies where people are just like, I was in my bedroom, yep. you know, I was praying and I, there was this hunger. We had a, a listener of our show, she was listening to the show one time and someone was sharing a testimony like yours where they received baptism in the Holy Spirit and she was doing the dishes and she was so, <laughs> she was so compelled by hunger and expectation the Holy Spirit would move. She she said that she literally just received this outpouring of the Holy Spirit while doing the dishes and uh, uh, <laughs> oh, just man. began to weep and the Holy Spirit, she fell to her knees and the Holy Spirit was just flooding her with God's love. And, and so, if you're doing the dishes right now, if you're <laughs> mowing the lawn, if you're driving your car, um, wherever you be, be are, be careful if you're Holy operating Spirit. heavy machinery. No, <laughs> I'm, just pull over, receive. It's coming. Okay, so this incredible experience happens in your life, then it compels you, propels you into mission. So what's, yep. what did your mission look like or what does your mission look like? Yeah. So going back to school, it was really clear to me, my primary mission were my buddies and yeah. my, my outfit in the military program I was in. Oh, that's sweet. And just praying for them relentlessly every day, being a witness to them. Like you said, um, I guess one of the biggest things too was, um, I wanted to be a witness to my friends I used to hang out with on the weekends that were that were partying. Uh, but God kind of clearly said, like, hey, you need some time away from them on the weekends for a bit. doesn't mean I don't, I don't get to see them during the week, grab lunch, hang out, you know, in the dorm room playing video games. But when it comes time to, like, what they do on the weekends, just give them a break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my mission, it was different than I thought it would be. I thought if, you know, if you'd asked me before this experience, be like, my mission is to go to parties and, like, evangelize people there but guy was like no no you need some time away for a bit yeah that's smart avoid the narrow occasion of sin yeah (laughs) (laughs) so and then uh, i was involved in like some uh youth ministry yep at texas a&m we did uh youth retreats we like traveled on the weekend to put on confirmation retreats and other retreats for uh local youth groups i uh let's see i was i was leading bible studies i was leading retreats we have an awakening program at texas Mm a&m i was involved in that and uh and then with the core of cadets, I was my junior year. I was a cha- cadet chaplain, and the senior year I was the the core chaplain. Oh, neat. So I kind of had some service roles. It wasn't necessarily like an evangelization role, but obviously how I wanted to take it and live my life. I wanted to impact others for the Lord and show them there was there's something more to live for. Yeah, that's awesome. Praise the Lord. And then you were uh, invited by the Lord to serve as a missionary, correct? Yes. So. Graduating college, I had three options that I kind of pinpointed it down to. I had Net Ministries, I had St. Paul's Outreach, and then I had something called the Missionaries of Christ based mm-hmm. out of Honduras. And uh, I was actually going to do Net Ministries, and I, I called one of my mentors, and I told them, hey, I'm going to do Net Ministries, and then I'll do SPO. And he was like, well, why don't you just do SPO now? 
I was like, oh, shoot, that's a great question. So I hung up the phone, thought about it for a week, and I was like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just do SPO now. It's like, mm-hmm. why would I put off what I think I'm ultimately called to mm-hmm. for, uh, for a year in, in a van on the road? And so, I, uh, yeah, chose SPO. I was sent to Texas State the first year. We had a chapter there. And, gosh, what I experienced there was, like, my life shifted when I realized the brokenness of men all over, all over campus. Yeah. And the lack of fathers— um, the lack of confidence in themselves. They had no idea who God was or what God said about them. Um, like they had a father in heaven who like had, again, back to my experience, that they had a father in heaven who totally has their back, that never entered their consciousness. And then on top of that, there's just this na- lack of natural formation, guys sleeping until noon, uh, just making horrible life decisions. So I, I saw that St. Paul's Outreach could marry some natural formation with this spiritual awakening. And when I saw those two things hand in hand, uh, my mission just clicked. I was like, mm-hmm. this is where I want to be. I want to devote the next few years of my life to doing this. I love that. Praise the Lord. And so how long have you been serving with St. Paul's Outreach? Starting my ninth year. Whoa. Okay. So just a few years, yeah, right? Just yeah. Just want to dedicate a few yeah. years to this. <laughs> um, and w- can you share with us maybe uh, some like amazing fruit that you've seen, like maybe a, a conversion testimony or something incredible you've seen the Lord do in someone's life? Yeah. So uh, one of my... First couple days here in Ohio, back this is in 2014, I met this guy who had a broken hand. The reason he had a broken hand is because he was out drinking the night before, and he saw his ex- ex-girlfriend with another guy, so he punched a light pole. Yeah, naturally. As, yeah, as you do. <laughs> Wait, a light bulb? <laughs> a light pole. You, pole. Oh, a light pole. Okay, yeah. I was like, a light bulb shouldn't break your hand. <laughs> He's a very yeah. fragile gentleman. <laughs> Dur- anyway. Durable light bulb. Yeah. It was a really hardcore light bulb. Yeah. So I meet this guy and uh, get to talking. I invite him to join a men's group I'm running. And he goes to the first one, and he's like, dude, we need to talk. Uh-huh. And then we grab lunch at this bar called the Roosters, and he says, this isn't for me. I've done too much stuff. I've been through too many things. This is what I've done with girls. This is the decisions I've made. I might do this group's exactly for you. And we left that conversation with understanding that he'd give it a semester. Yeah. Uh, he, he shows up faithfully. We had some awesome conversations. Fast forward to a retreat we had in like November. So this whole thing started in August. We're in November now. We're at a retreat, and the retreat leader gets this uh, prophetic word, or I guess you can say word of knowledge. And he says, I just got a sense that someone here thinks that they're too far gone and that God can't do anything in their life. Is anyone hearing that lie right now? It's this guy's hand shoots straight up. And he walks, the leader walks him through a prayer, like rejecting that lie in Jesus' name. And after that prayer, this guy was like visibly lighter. Mm. And he was able to dive in that weekend. God worked in, worked in crazy ways and another shift in his life. And then fast forward another two and a half months to, uh, we have a retreat called Fan into Flame mm-hmm. in St. Paul's Outreach. And he's on this retreat and he's experienced similar to my experience actually in the chapel, like God powerfully coming into his life, confirming this guy's identity as the son of the father, and then showing the father showing him how he wants to act and work in his life in a powerful way. And this guy went from like way no idea who God was to actually knowing who the father is and what he says about him. Mm-hmm. He actually signed up to live in household the following year um, and through total act of God became a missionary with SPO, served for... Gosh, I think it was four years. I uh, just got married this past year and uh, to a wonderful, God-fearing woman, and now he's working as a recruiter up in Minneapolis-St. Paul. Wow. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Praise the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So <clears throat> one of the things that uh, convicts me about, um, or I guess one of the things I was convicted about when um, 
being a, a missionary with St. Paul's Outreach was just this idea of uh, Christian community and yeah. not just having Christian relationships and friendships, but actually having Christian community that was um, stable and reliable. Can you share how maybe um, the relationships you guys foster in SPO are different than your standard relationships that a Catholic has, maybe at a parish? Yeah. So when you live with someone, it changes everything. That's true. Yes. <laughs> it's a little more stable it's, that way. It's, 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 it's more intense. It's more stable. Uh, so, and what we saw too is, well, yeah, when you live with someone, you can't hide. Like they know your habits. If you go to your room and lock your door for six hours a day, people are going to ask some questions. Like, why, why are you avoiding us? Like, what's going on? Do you need to talk about something? Uh, you just can't hide. And as if you're living in a dorm by yourself, it's easier to do that. So, and what we're all about is the total integration of the Christian life into your daily life. Like it's, it's waking up on time. It's giving the Lord morning time in the morning for prayer. It's loving others, um, sacrificially. It's being on mission. Uh, and people come into the house in different places, but they live with men who are older than them, who are striving for that high ideal and are maybe a couple steps ahead. Mm-hmm. And we want to meet people where they're at and encourage them to take steps to can integrate faith, um, really all my life, the rest of my life kind of attitude towards making Jesus Lord of my life. And so that's, that's, does that answer your question? Yeah. I think it's really neat too, because uh, I didn't know what direction you're going to go. Um, but the, my thought process too is just the, the, the emphasis um, St. Paul's Outreach puts on men's and women's groups where yeah. you have a very consistent Bible study or men's group or a women's group week after week, or I guess it's every other week where, but you're, you're, you have stable, committed relationships where you're investing in one another on, mm-hmm. on things that are deeper than surface level. And I, I think of just our common uh, parish experiences, we often have the larger church family, but we don't have that mm-hmm. smaller church family where we invest deeply. And I, one of the things that's really um, a seed of great hope for the evangelization in America is the, the amount of parishes that are starting these adult faith formation groups, these small groups for adults. And mm-hmm. if your parish listeners, if you're like hungry for deeper community and friendships within the church, I'd really encourage you to check those out. Like see if your parish has small group ministry where well, maybe it's an, uh, a Bible study or something where you and a couple other uh, Catholics from your parish make a commitment to meet regularly together to invest in one another's lives. And if it doesn't exist, guess what? Your parish doesn't have to provide it. Like you're a human being who can have human relationships and you can like engage in relationships with people in your parish and invite them. Hey, I would love to just start having like you and others over at my house every other Friday before work. And let's have a conversation about our faith, right? Like it's not, it's not brain science. It's not like it's, it's, it's simple. Like commit time together and share your life together. Yeah. And a phrase you use the word commit. That's a, a phrase we use is conversation happens over conversations about commitment. I say conversion happens over okay. conversations about commitment. There mm-hmm. it is. Conversion happens over conversations about commitment. So when you commit to people and you're walking with them over an extended period of time, powerful conversion happens there. Because so it's really easy to be like, ah, I'm done with that person. Or like, ah, I don't want to work through this situation. It's difficult. And you just kind of drop them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really think the Lord has more for his people in working through those situations, learning how to love, how to work through things, and uh, really, yeah, building us together as a people who walk with each other and not just, again, 
peace out when it gets hard. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Well, John, thanks for uh, thanks for joining today. We'll come back after the break with a little bit of a wrap up with you and and to share with our listeners a little more about maybe how you can get involved potentially with St. Paul's Outreach on campus here in Ohio or on your local uh, university. Um, once again, you're listening to Beyond Damascus. This is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN, and we'll see you in a little bit. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. And we need to pray for all our world leaders and all those who are in such danger. See, in a day and age where people are getting further away from God, you get further away from goodness. Only God is good. Do you remember what our Lord said one day? Why do you call me good? He said, only God is good. Only God. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Catherine Hadro. Every week, I get together with a team of pro-life experts to shine the light of truth on abortion, euthanasia, assisted suicide, and the culture of death. We'll help to inform you so you can become engaged in the pro-life movement. EWTN Pro-Life Weekly. More than a show, a call to action. EWTN Pro-Life Weekly with Catherine Hadro. Tomorrow morning at 1030 on EWTN Radio. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, where encounter meets mission. And this has been an awesome show. Um, we've got John Packer Stevenson here. John, thank you so much for sharing your testimony with us. Man, this has been an awesome, uh, an awesome show. Uh, you know, yeah. I, 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 I want to for all of our listeners. Um, there's there's one consistent thing that I see. So, John, you've been with St. Paul's Outreach now as a missionary for nine years. Yes, um, nine years is a long time, and. Uh, and I think that, you know, I want to brag on John a little bit because he's not, you know, when, when you think of someone who's simply humbly serving in a, in a, you know, an outreach mission, you might, you might not think of the, the leadership and the impact that John's made here, um, at Ohio state and, and now actually spanning multiple, multiple universities across the state of Ohio. Um, so I'm, I'm just, I'm so blessed. I'm so impressed. And like I said earlier, the impact that you've made even on a number of our missionaries at, at Damascus has been profound. And, uh, and it, you know, I think for our listeners, what I want to identify is that, is that John established early in prayer a consistency of saying yes to the Lord. And I think for some of us, we have the struggle of thinking that, man, like, I, I would love to be uh, the leader of an incredible mission like St. Paul's Outreach. I'd love to have the impact that you guys are having at Damascus. I'd love to be able to say that, like, my work day in and day out in ministry is changing people's lives. But, you know, here I am, little old me. And mm-hmm. uh, and and I just want to accent, like, the, the, the value of a consistent yes to the Lord, that it was your yes in in high school to pick up the rosary. It was your yes in college to take that time of prayer. It was your yes to serving with St. Paul's Outreach as a grad. It was your yes and your yes and your mm-hmm. yes that, 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 that the Lord has honored that faithfulness and, and now has expanded your impact tremendously. Yeah, man, it's, it's amazing. We sometimes overemphasize what we can do in like a day and totally underestimate what God can do in 10 years, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, thanks for saying that, Aaron. I think, I'm just reflecting on what you're saying that as you're saying it. And yeah, it's 10 years. God completely changed the trajectory of my life. And it was those little yeses that allowed me to make medium messes that God's made massive changes. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and you know, maybe, maybe 
one of the most significant um, yeses that you made was in saying yes to allowing the Holy Spirit to take what you had and to transform it. Um, you know, I was I was speaking to our campers this year uh, about you know the fact that when, when we when we place something you know quote unquote on the altar that it's consumed by fire, mm-hmm. and when you place it on the altar. Um, and and the Lord consumes it with fire that that He gives back to you something that is that is either greater or burnt to a crisp, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, and in both situations, we're better off. And uh, and you know the the and I think you probably experienced a little bit of both of that when you when you placed your life on the altar that that yeah. God took some of the things that that were that were distracting, took some of those um, habits that you'd had back to high school and and burnt them up a little bit. And then really elevated those things in you that that were ultimately transformative. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. <laughs> I, love it. I love the yeah, the fire. It's either toasted or it's better. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, the cool thing is, John, you're just a normal dude. I'm a normal dude. Aaron's a normal dude, right? Like yeah. debatable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like uh, the Lord uses just normal people um, for His work, and yeah. uh, that is. Are everyone listening to the show today? Like the Lord wants to to do that exact same thing that Aaron just talked about in your life. Yeah. That that your faithful yeses day after day in prayer and consistency year after year. If you're hungry for more of God, God is hungry to give you more of Him. Mm-hmm. And so he he's not he's not like I want you to live a life uh, of. Um, uh, just a hunger that never gets satisfied. He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for they will be satisfied. So he wants to satisfy our hearts. And that faith is expectation that the Holy Spirit will work in power. And the Holy Spirit wants to work in power in your life and to transform you. Um, and and, uh, and so I think let's just, uh, if, let's do if, we could, if we could just pray that the Lord would place us on the altar and consume mm-hmm. it all, right? So uh, we're just going to go into a time of prayer, and uh, we want to pray for you listeners, and so I just want you to place your heart um, and your mind in a place of expectant faith, and that you would expect the Holy Spirit isn't done giving you the gifts that He's given you, but He has mm-hmm. more for you, and the Holy Spirit isn't done writing the chapters of your life that um, there's more for you. So we pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Good and gracious God, I thank you so much for all of our listeners right now. I thank you for their faithful yes over the years. I pray, Lord, that you would give them the grace right now to place their life on the altar. Mm-hmm. They would place all of themselves on the altar, all their concerns, their fears, their worries, their hopes, their dreams, their their joys. They would place everything on the altar, Lord, and just come consume it with the fire of your Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit, I pray you would fall with fire on their lives. You would take away everything that is not of you, Lord, right now that you would burn that away out of their life. You would burn it away, Lord, so they would experience the fullness of life in Christ. And Lord, I pray that you would fill them with the fire of the Holy Spirit so they would experience the abundant life that you promised. Fill them with joy, faith, hope, gentleness, kindness, self-control. Just fill them right now, Lord, with more of your presence. Let that fire fill them. I pray that light would fall like it did on John. Lord, I pray that you would allow light just to fall right now. And our listeners would experience your grace in their life. Mm-hmm. As uh, as John was sharing his testimony earlier, um, you know, that, that moment of that moment of prayer and of saying yes to the Holy Spirit was profound in that uh, <laughs> number one, God saw you in the hallway. And 
um, and, and came and, and found you and picked you up and, and brought you in. Um, and number two, that, that word that was spoken, that you're my son with whom I'm well pleased. And I, I hear the Lord saying that over us today and over you, our listeners today, that you are, you are the Lord's beloved son, beloved daughter with whom he's well pleased. And, and the Lord's seeking you out. I, I, was, I was praying just now, and, and God was even showing me, I don't know if people do this anymore, but of somebody sitting in the garage, like working at, a, at the workbench and, um, and listening to this, this show today. And I, I want to pray that the Lord would, would, would bless what he's doing in you right now. If, um, if that's you today, if, if, you're, if you're standing at the workbench, or even if, you've, if you're sitting in your garage right now, and, uh, and know that the Lord sees you, and he wants to he wants to pour out his love on you in a powerful way. Yeah, I have an image of massive oak tree, and actually, this oak tree kind of represents some kind of habitual sin that someone does not want in life anymore. So, someone out there is frustrated that there's some sin that they just can't get rid of. They've been trying; it's been there. But the image I have is like the, the someone's take, been taking an axe to it, and it's like almost gone. But this person's been working so hard with this axe. It's been, he's super sweaty, and he's basically about to give up. But the Lord's like, no, 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 a few more blows, and this guy's going over. This, this mm. puppy's falling. <laughs> so just to, to continue to, uh, to press in and that the Lord has complete and total freedom from this sin for you, not just some compromise, but complete and total freedom. That tree's going down. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we're so good. We just want to confirm the fact that you are good. You are good, and you desire goodness for us mm-hmm. and uh you just you you just give good gifts and so we pray that our hearts would be totally open to receiving all the good and gracious gifts from God the Father right now thank you Jesus we pray this in Jesus's name amen, amen. awesome oh man yes goodbye yeah, oak tree Lord. hello love it's so good <laughs> John, I, th- thank you for joining us today yeah, yeah, and thanks, um, for, thanks for having me you out. know we'd be remiss if if not to uh, we've talked a little bit about St. Paul's outreach today and how can our listeners find out more about St. Paul's outreach yep so spo.org is the website uh there's an instagram St. Paul's outreach that's uh, awesome you can find us there and yeah, we're all, all over the country, different universities, so you can see that on the website. Fantastic. So if you are of university age or heading there soon, or if you know anybody, a son, a daughter, a friend, a relative, who um, might be blessed by having an authentic Catholic community in their time in college, um, check out St. Paul's Outreach. Uh, it's, a, it's truly an amazing and impactful uh, ministry doing great work. I love it. You've been listening to Beyond Damascus, a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. We're so grateful. If you have any testimonies from listening to our show or you want to show share your testimony with our listeners, mm-hmm. please reach out and contact us. And if you want to hear past episodes of our show, you can download our podcast wherever podcasts are found. Join us next week. Thank you so much, John. We've been blessed to have you on the show. We'll be back next week. God bless you.